0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, and computer science academics. We highlight people with a passion for educating our youth in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPA iRadio, linking business, education, and technology.
0: Well, welcome to the BDPA iRadio show. This evening, it's November 11th, 2014. And joining us this evening is our very own Kevin Robinson, Premier Field Engineer for Microsoft. And Kevin is also going to be joined by two of our co-hosts, Timothy Butt, and Ron's story. Before we get started, I'd like to read a little bit of Kevin's bio, and then Tim will begin the interview process. Kevin Robinson, Premier Field Engineer of Microsoft, is joining us with over 30 years of experience in the IT industry the past 10 years with Microsoft. Kevin was a presenter at the 2014 BDPA Technology Conference on the topic of Infrastructure as a Service, Windows Azure. His workshop worked through the rationalizations of why IAAS makes sense, including discussing scenarios when and where it makes sense for your business. Kevin, as a guest on our show this evening, will share with us ways that BDPA can significantly scale the National High School Computer Competition Program from impacting hundreds of students to the point that it can impact thousands of students. So, Kevin, welcome to the show. It really is a pleasure to have you with us this evening. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Fran.
0: Well, it's definitely our pleasure, and I am going to sit back and relax. I welcome and invite our audience to do the same, and I'm going to turn over the interview to Tim, who's going to start off with the first question.
1: Good evening, Kevin. Good evening, Tim. Yes, good evening. Tell us a little bit about how you first found out about BDPA, and what's kept you so engaged, so involved?
2: Yes, uh, so I found out about BDPA in the late 1980s. Uh, My brother Michael uh, was the New York City Chapter President uh, and introduced me to the organization. Uh, At that time, I was working for IBM, and uh, it was relatively uh, obvious for any uh, African American working in the IT industry that we needed to come together and really pool our resources and uh, learn how to extend our networks and figure out what was going on. A lot of times, we weren't uh, getting access to the information that would allow us to progress in IT careers. So BDPA was the perfect place, and uh, thus uh, their their uh, motto, uh, from the classroom to the boardroom, uh, talking about how to how to progress in your IT career, and really uh, coming together with individuals who may be pioneering uh through their IT careers into higher levels and so I uh, just found a network of folks that was great to work with and be around and uh just a tremendous resource to learn and grow my career. Thank you. And 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 what's yeah. kept me involved, uh so I have a tremendous passion uh having had this wonderful IT career and uh raised three boys and and uh enjoyed a lovely uh thirty plus years of marriage with my wife. Uh you know, the career has afforded me a, a decent lifestyle and I really have a passion for helping our young people, uh if they're interested, find their way into a career in, in uh technology because I think it's a awesome option and uh definitely has a lot of uh, upside in terms of the different benefits that are available to you. And the experience is, uh, you know, I've been around the world uh, with different companies, you know, traveling and, and helping to stand up technology all around the globe. So it's been really, really uh, an exciting place to be. And I want to make sure our youth have that opportunity going forward.
1: I appreciate that. Response, full of energy and deep enthusiasm. I appreciate that. I'm sure you're touching some others with that. Ron? Okay. Uh,
3: Kevin, good evening. Good evening. Uh, in terms of your service to BDPA, and you have mentioned uh, your interest and passion in working with young people. Uh, what accomplishment are you most proud of? And how is it added to to the added value to b d p a our members our volunteers and our sponsors
2: yes so uh i I think what I'm most proud of is is most currently uh working uh to drive some awareness within Microsoft of b d p a and how helpful it was uh to me in my career and and being able to then reach out to uh People who are new in an i t career at Microsoft and give them a career development opportunity by attending the national conference and in the past two years, we've been able to bring uh, uh you know a, a dozen or so uh of our colleagues to get that experience uh that might you know being introduced to microsoft is is rather a cumbersome task to begin with but uh, we want to give them out of the gate uh, an industry perspective and allow them to see that you know they're part of an industry and there are a lot of people that look like them uh, aspiring to do well in that industry. And working with an industry leader, uh, having some responsibility to make sure that they give back. We've had uh, Rowan uh, Daly and Ayuba Adu Uh, attend for the first time in 2013 and come back and present in our 2014 conference. Uh, So I'm I'm rather proud of that work and I want to continue to grow that number and that participation from Microsoft in an event uh, as as prestigious as the uh, National Conference for BDPA.
3: Okay. And so the the accomplishment that that you spoke specifically of in reference to growing the involvement of both um youth and also IT African American IT practitioners.
2: Absolutely. Uh, so yes, we want we want to um uh, especially at Microsoft uh, make sure that uh our folks are getting an industry perspective and not just a Microsoft perspective and uh, make sure that they understand the sensitivities that are are broader than perhaps just the Microsoft uh, technology spectrum.
3: Okay, thank you for sharing that, Tim.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Ron. Tell me a little more in the enthusiasm and the breadth of what you've provided to Microsoft about BDPA. I'd like to dig a little deeper about the role that you play in your work the actual key responsibilities as a premier field engineer with Microsoft. What does that role look like?
2: Yes, so put simply, uh, it's really helping our customers to be successful with our technology. Once they've purchased our technology, uh, they can uh, buy support contracts, typically a premier support contract. And with that, they have the ability to engage uh, support engineers like myself to come on site Uh, proactively and give information or in the midst of uh, high severity incidents where they're having trouble uh, with the technology. So uh, it's a little more complex in practice, but uh, simply put, we want to make customers uh, successful with our technology. Uh, At this point in time, I'm supporting uh, technologies in SharePoint, Office 365, uh, our Windows Azure service and our active directory federation services. Mm -hmm. And and so uh, what we're trying to do is make sure, uh, especially with as many customers moving towards the cloud, that folks both understand uh, what the impact of that motion is and which workloads they may want to choose and rationalize uh, why they would go that way with uh, different workloads and actually make sure that they land those workloads successfully uh, so that they have um minimum impact or a negative impact on the business and uh maximize the positive impact on the business that's exceptional strategy
1: so i'm hearing you say that you're proactively engaging the customer so they can fully utilize an efficiency but also maximize the potential of what they've bought into with microsoft so you're partnering with them
2: Absolutely, and it's a unique offering. I think it's uh, one of the, and they, they named it properly, the premier offerings in the industry in terms of uh, helping customers to be successful with technology. We both know that as we're moving forward, uh, the the technology uh, in, in environments that we're working in are becoming more complex and not less complex. And so integrating things and making sure everything works seamlessly uh, becomes that much tougher if you don't have the partnership with your vendors. And so Microsoft yep. intends to be one of those vendors uh, to be a, at the forefront of partnership with our customers.
1: i got to applaud you for that. That sounds great. That's good. Um,
3: Kevin, in your experience with BDPA, you've been involved in um, at the national conference level um, as a presenter and in the 2014 uh, conference, um, you were involved in a presentation, Infrastructure as a Service, Windows as Share Service. Um, in that presentation, can you give us and share with our audience some of those highlights uh, from that presentation?
2: Absolutely. Uh, this is a, a topic that I'm extremely passionate about, Uh as we're moving towards cloud services, and that's a, you know, folks throw that term around uh, pretty pretty loosely nowadays, you know, what is a cloud service? And why would we deal with uh, putting our uh, business applications on cloud services? And so uh, the presentation was focused on really not just exposing some of the technology aspects of infrastructure as a service, but mm-hmm. uh, actually to help uh, the participants Rationalize why would we even think about doing this? What are the drivers that are driving people to do it? And uh, at the top of the list with Windows Azure is the pay-as-you-go aspect. Uh, you only pay for what you use in terms of your charge for computing, your charge for uh, storage, and your charge for network traffic. And so this makes for really uh, efficient models for uh, leveraging technology. As you well know, there's a large amount of capital expense that companies spend in their in their computers and their lighting in their uh floor space for computer data centers. Uh, these are very expensive propositions uh so what Windows Azure is offering is a way to reduce uh your capital expense and really make sure that you have a very elastic and efficient way to address different workloads. It also allows you to extend uh, uh, areas where you may have uh, uh, very uh, old applications and you're just trying to maybe keep it limping along without having to hold on to that old piece of hardware. So you may stand it up out in a virtualized environment uh, in Windows Azure. As well, there are test environments that are easy because, you know, when we're doing a big project and we're running tests, we want to stand up an environment to do all these tests. Well, uh, in the past, you know, we've had to buy hardware to do that, and that's a very expensive proposition. Here we can stand up all the infrastructure temporarily, run the project, and as the project uh, is rolled out into production, close down all the infrastructure that we've used. And lastly, I'd like to talk about disaster recovery, because here's a big, big uh, savings. Uh, A lot of folks use disaster recovery services, and they spend tremendous amounts of money to have hardware on standby. Uh, Many folks found out in the midst of 9-11 that uh, they're not guaranteeing you that that standby hardware either. It's on a first-come, first-served basis. And so uh, that could be a real... uh, Uh, Start awakening uh, in the midst of a crisis. So uh, here, Microsoft has invested in a tremendous amount of infrastructure to make sure uh, that you're able to stand up whatever you need as well as uh, move over to that infrastructure in a very, very quick and efficient uh, fashion. As a matter of fact, uh, Ron Daly uh, was uh, doing a a presentation on recovery services in Azure uh, as well. So these these things are really, really uh, becoming uh, very, very important to organizations to make them more agile, to make them more efficient, and absolutely to reduce the capital expense and change it into uh, an expense that's ongoing and pay-as-you-go.
3: Mm-hmm. Can, can you give us a, an example of um, the application for um, disaster recovery? how how would a uh, company or or a vendor how, how would that you know u- utilizing Windows azure um, how would that um be able to um protect them in 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 a disaster
2: sure so there there's several levels uh one would be in terms of doing backups now that's built into our newest versions of Windows servers you can actually run your backups directly into azure so you actually have a backup for your server. As well, our system center uh, environments interact uh, with Azure recovery services to allow you to uh, virtualize and, and actually make images of your virtual machines that are running on-premise, and that way you can quickly turn those same machines up uh, within Azure. And, and so those are, are very uh Inexpensive, uh, quick ways to go about rebuilding your infrastructure without a whole lot of uh, expense. Uh, in in the regards to a, a disaster recovery service, uh, you'd have to you know lug some tapes down there. You'd have to then go in and have your folks go into a data center there and work here everything's accessible over the internet your folks can work from home to turn up all the services you need restore the backups and have your disaster recovery uh, infrastructure running within you know hours and
3: i was reading some material um on the service, and it 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 shares that it's um much more efficient for application developers in writing and implementing an application that it actually can go to market much faster. Um,
2: absolutely. So there's a there's another portion of this uh, that I didn't speak on, but uh, absolutely uh, is relevant to that conversation. Uh, in addition to infrastructure as a service, we also offer platform as a service. And so, if we look at what infrastructure as a service means, uh, we're taking away certain parts of the stack and, and allowing you to manage less uh, areas of the stack. In this case, with infrastructure as a service, we're going to take away the virtualization, the networking, and, uh, and and you know the physical nature of the machines, and we're going to give you the ability to manage from the OS up. Uh, when we get to platform as a service, we actually will take uh, the OS and the runtime environment and uh, manage that for you, and allow you to just write code and load that into virtual machines that are highly scalable, uh, delivering things like uh, uh, what we call building blocks uh, to complex applications. So, uh, for example, we ran the uh, the Sochi uh, Olympics. Uh, using the media services uh from Azure to uh, deliver all the streamed video uh, for the entire olympics, so it's very it's highly scalable we're very elastic it grew very quickly when people had the on demand video from you know hundreds of millions of people around the planet wanting to see that uh, great shot or that great uh, uh, jump ski jump and so forth. Uh, you know, it could, it could handle that demand elastically and really grow those services as needed. And then, when that demand went away, it shrunk the number of services that were available. So, we have some very uh, sophisticated mechanisms to to scale for yeah. demand.
3: Oh, that's great. It's it's it's. Um, I mean, technology is just amazing, and looking at ways to. Um, as you shared to reduce the uh, capital, uh, to create more of an agile environment uh, with, with with the technology and to become more efficient. Um I'm I'm sure there's quite a few um companies have just been lining up to 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 take on this um technology and to implement it in their in, in, in their in their industries. Um, what are some of the leaders that actually are involved with um with this particular product?
2: Well, uh, there are large companies. Uh, the the list is too long to name, but, I mean, they go from the largest companies, enterprises in this country, all the way down to, you know, Coca-Cola, Azure, I mean, uh, Walmart, uh, you name it. They, they're they all involved in it. Uh, we also do software as a service, which is the Office 365 product, where you're not managing any of the stack. You're just getting a, a very highly valuable uh application delivered to you to integrate your collaboration and uh, email and uh, uh, all of your uh, social environment in in one offering uh, directly to your users and you're just pretty much managing what users have app- uh, access to the application. So there is a, a list of customers that are the who's who. Uh, it's not a matter of uh, if people are going to go to the cloud. It's a matter of when. And so that's why it's really so important for us to help customers rationalize uh, what you would take to the cloud and when you would do it.
3: Okay, great. Yeah, I just wanted to, in sharing and um, asking those series of questions to have our audience to get an understanding of both the infrastructure and also the platform and the various uses as well as some of the companies and, and, and industries that are involved in it. Um, um, Tim, if you can um, share your question.
1: Yes. Yeah, I want to follow up your question, exceptional feedback there, Uh, continuing on that same vein around scalability and the different industry implications. In healthcare, is that something that you have found applicable?
2: Absolutely. Actually, uh, my brother Michael is uh, the vice president uh, in charge of Microsoft's healthcare business. Uh, he was recently on US News and uh, World Report talking about uh the future of uh healthcare and uh with regards to how it, this is really revolutionizing how we deliver uh healthcare they just uh announced a health cloud uh, from yep. Microsoft and it's uh, largely based on the machine learning capabilities uh built into Azure so there are again, uh, services that Microsoft delivers that are actually going to be built on this same technology. So not only are we selling it to customers, of course, we're leveraging it to deliver our most new innovations and uh, and scalable applications. That is
1: tremendous news. I'm in the healthcare IT industry, and that is just tremendous news. Sometimes a little mistrust around utilizing the cloud and virtual, uh, virtualization but I'm very pleased to hear that. You've also mentioned scalability. Um, In terms of leveraging that scalability and being innovative, you've also mentioned that you are going to be sharing this entire platform with BDPA and the students uh, when we do the high school computer competition. Now, currently that's impacting hundreds of students, but you're saying in the future you'll be able to impact thousands of students. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, so... uh While I was attending the 2013 BDPA conference, we had a keynote speech. uh, It's on YouTube uh, by Roland Martin. And Roland's an energetic speaker and uh, just a a super smart guy uh, and really came in there and rocked our world, gave us a wake-up call about, you know, the great work we were doing, which was, you know, wonderful to hear from the outside, uh, gave us a, a little paradigm shift in how we should be selling ourselves, that we should make it more marketable to young people, because uh, sometimes we're a little too humble in telling them. So he got on the topic of IT ballers, and how we should uh, okay. talk about the uh, the upside of, of being in STEM. And then uh, he really uh, gave us a one-two punch, and he said, look, I love what you're doing with the high school students the work is so important and so relevant uh but the scale of the problem is just so far above what what impact we're having and uh mm. I, it really resonated with me and uh and it made me really feel like I had to go back to work on this and so being in this business and knowing the uh efficiencies that we can deliver through technology uh I presented a video to our uh, executive team at BDPA, uh, examining exactly what we could do. Uh, The person who actually developed the solution was Ayuba Adu, uh, one of our engineers. Uh, And again, we had really uh, sort of sketched this out on a napkin with several other gentlemen uh, at the 2013 conference after this keynote. Uh, So we talked a lot about what we could do, and then we went to work. Uh, we came up with a way to actually scale the infrastructure, uh, which is only half the problem, by the way. Uh, So scaling the infrastructure uh, to make sure that both, uh, if you have a a browser, any kind of device that can browse to the Internet, uh, you can get uh, the performance uh, of whatever machine is virtualized in the cloud for you. So it doesn't no longer matters how big a laptop you have. We've run into that issue with uh, a lot of our students that have the hardware to right. support the types of uh, activities that we'd like to get them involved in. Well, this takes that away and levels that playing field. It also yep. says as long as you have an Internet connection, you can then uh, connect and, and uh, provide your own virtualized environment to store your programs and run your programs and uh, be successful. Well, um, we need the complement of, as well, uh, some standardized curriculum. We know there is curriculum that works. We've watched year after year our Southern uh, Minnesota chapter win the competition. Uh, And I love the fact that it's a competition and everything, but I I think more important is what we want to do is make sure that all of our students walk away with a quality experience that they can then use to leverage in their careers. That's the that's the end goal, and mm-hmm. so we want to make sure they all get that uh, high quality uh, uh, experience and and uh, and spend some time with uh, with with folks that can really help them hone their skills and be successful as they grow those skills.
1: Oh. Tremendous vision. That is tremendous. Making the pie bigger, that way everybody gets a slice. I love it. You want yes, to hear something wrong?
2: Absolutely. And so the last piece of that is uh we're also working in our Charlotte chapter, uh, to yes. sort of uh pilot some of this and make sure that uh we're spending our Saturdays, we're gonna do a little shift, uh paradigm shift. Uh right now most kids learn through YouTube. I mean, they go out and they look at videos and they whatever they want to know, they learn uh, via YouTube. Uh, so we're looking at online learning and substitute the learning uh, position during the week and ask them to really go out and do their lessons during the week. They're going to be exposed to developers, people who are pros. So if we were to make the analogy to sports, you're – spending your week practicing, your moves, your dribbling, your shooting, your throwing the ball, and on the weekend you get to play with a pro. Uh, So we want to make sure that that time you spend with a pro is commensurate with uh, we don't want that pro being uh, leveraged as an instructor as much as we do uh, them to get the essence of what being a professional in this industry is all about. And so uh, that's a little paradigm shift, and we're working on that, and it's going to be challenging, but we're going to work through it and and, uh, hope to give good news about what we
1: find. That's very exciting. Certainly raising the game for the opportunities for the students, the learnings, and as well as the expansion and scalability of what we offer to the community. I applaud you. Well, thank you.
3: Yeah, when you speak about the a paradigm shift and as you mentioned that most of the uh youth are um utilizing YouTube um in their learning, what technology trend in a resource um, would you like to share with the with the BDPA radio audience?
2: This is always my favorite part of the the interview. Uh, I, I always I, I think I mentioned this one before, but I want to make sure I mention it again. Uh, and this is the Microsoft Virtual Academy. It's free training online. Uh, Folks can go out there and just search on it. It is a tremendous resource for learning this technology. Uh, Actually, I just saw some uh, headline things on Azure Infrastructure as a Service, so you can go and get free training on all of these topics and more. And uh, the other resource I'd like to share uh, that Microsoft and, again, uh, Yuba Adu uh gone on to be a program manager for a product that I'm very excited about. And it's shifting our paradigm around what coding an application looks like. And it's called Project Sienna, S-I-E-N-A. And so you can go out and search on Project Sienna from Microsoft. Uh, I think you'll be tremendously excited by what you see. Uh, it makes... Creating an application uh, so fluid and so uh, seamless, I think uh, it will really rock a lot of people's world in terms of what's possible and where we're headed as a as a technology. Uh, so, folks, you know, the the idea here is to make sure that average ordinary people are able to create the apps that make everyone productive, and this is becoming a real reality with things like Project Sienna. Okay,
3: Project Sienna. What's what's the website for the uh, Microsoft Virtual Academy?
2: Yeah, it's uh, www.microsoftvirtualacademy.com.
3: Okay, www.microsoftvirtualacademy.com. So the two things and resources that uh, Kevin shared with us is the Virtual Academy online free training, as well as the Project Sienna. Uh, that's that's beautiful. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to immediately begin implementing the virtual training academy and share that uh, throughout our our BDPA network and as well as others that um, that, I, that that this can have impact upon in in their learning and in their professional development. Um, thank you for that's sharing awesome.
2: that. Yes, yeah, so that that's the intention. We want to make sure that as many people as possible are able to reap that benefit.
1: I think we're going to make a T-shirt with that on there, start marketing that stuff. I that's tremendous news. Definitely. That is, uh, yeah, that is something you're saying. You're already applying that skill set to the students on the weekends when we do the classes, and this should be part of the ongoing curriculum. So if we are able to scale that out across our, our, our various chapters, that's another.
2: Yes. So what we're hoping to do this 100%. year is uh, create the pilot in Charlotte and make sure that we're able to then uh, uh, share that with other chapters and, you know, give them some ideas about uh, not only uh, what what we can do, the functionality and the benefits, but also ways to uh, fundraise uh, so that these uh, services can be paid for by some of our corporate sponsors. So that's the intention. That's excellent vision.
1: Speaking of vision, I'd like to know a little bit more you share with me some of the technology trends and uh resources that are being shared. Leadership. What type of leadership does your organization share and what they like to share more of with our BDPA radio audience?
2: Yes, uh what a what an awesome uh question uh there's there's a lot going on at Microsoft around leadership uh and and we're in the midst of a huge transformation both uh, uh culturally and uh in effect what we deliver to customers uh towards you know having a mobile first and cloud first uh identity and so uh in that stretch uh what I've found is there is a lot of push internally to uh, be the change, right? <laughs> and, it, and then, you know, we throw that term around, but it's really uh, tough, right? Because you don't really, although the leaders say this is the direction we're going, we're really counting on the individuals in the organization to make it happen. And so uh, that that innovation is going to come from the ranks and not uh, from the leaders. The leaders are there to inspire us and to direct us, give us the direction and the vision uh, the the people who are doing the how are a different level. And so uh, one of the leaders in my organization shared a book with me, and I have just found it to be a tremendous resource. I've since brought copies for individuals in my family. I thought it was just an awesome resource, and it really gave me a great deal of perspective about what visionaries are and what the how people are. And uh, it's called Start With The Why and so you Start can search that y. on Amazon yeah but it's a it's an awesome awesome book and it goes through several examples of folks uh that are that are really uh skilled at uh, creating tremendous impact and uh having people follow uh their cause and and what it, it what it exposed to me was uh people don't follow you as a leader because uh they believe in necessarily what you're doing they believe in it for themselves they believe in it inside of their own value system and so you've just struck a nerve with them and that's what gets yeah. them engaged and really uh you know committed to giving uh to the cause so you know you've created sort of an empathetic uh, vibration and, and I like to think of, of myself that way to you know really talk to people in ways you're not doing it for me, uh you're doing it for you, right? And and the right. things that you think are important.
1: It's a rather evangelistic way of touching the nerve and making sure that's a shared energy and a shared excitement. That's tremendous vision. Yes,
2: uh,
1: excellent,
3: excellent what two lessons learned kevin would you like to share with the b d p a i radio audience In well, experience,
2: uh, mm-hmm. it it's an interesting uh <laughs> i i started with uh uh a, a a there's a uh assessment that people can do called standout. and uh and I do. I did the assessment and really got some great insight as to what my talents are, and my passions. And uh, two lessons that I've learned, uh, and that were recommended to me, uh, by the uh, reinforced with this standout. But uh, one was around uh, uh, your credibility, and that our credibility is really based on our ability to also tell people when we need help. And uh, so, you know, especially in an organization like BDPA where we're all volunteers, uh, I think this is really important. Uh, And I've had some personal experience with this even just this week, right, It's how to reach out and ask for help. Uh, The second thing is uh, trying to make sure uh, that in that same vein of credibility that we don't overcommit and that we do try to – leverage uh, as many people as we can to make sure that we're getting the maximum impact of what we're doing. Uh, far too many times uh, the, the burden of running an organization or, or leading a uh, volunteer organization falls on a scant few, and uh, those few are oftentimes burnt out by just taking on that burden. I've had uh, some success in our Blacks at Microsoft um organization in charlotte and really uh flying uh, that banner to our leadership uh in multiple generations of our leadership now to make sure that we have uh, uh co-presidents or co-chairs uh, this way because we're all busy at microsoft uh, you know you don't have uh, people suffering from just burnout and they can keep the passion uh burning and share the load and really uh find out how talented all of our uh, colleagues are. And and really, we've done some tremendous work with our student day. And uh, we have a day at Microsoft now with college students where they come in and actually has resulted in several hires. Uh, So we're helping to build pipeline for the organization, for the corporation as well. And I'm just super proud of that work.
0: Excellent,
3: excellent. It's it's interesting that you see your standout um as as an a as an assessment tool and it's something that I really encourage um a lot of professionals, professionals to take time to assess their skill set, assess their strengths. Um uh, it's a standout assessment is developed by Marcus Buckingham and interestingly enough um yesterday I was having a conversation with a, a BDPA uh, member and uh she shared with me um some work that that that's helpful for her in retriggering her career and the application of her of her um i t uh knowledge and expertise and she shared know your strengths um also developed by marcus buckingham um and that's part of that 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 whole assessment tool uh the, the self assessment so that so that we as individuals, we as professionals can best uh look at um, um, what we bring to the table, uh, what we value, and 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 how it impacts others, and in what you shared, um, in, in essence of uh, t- two of the pieces with regards to standout out um, as a leader, um, definitely one is asking for help, you know, recognizing that hey, you know, I, I, I need I need some other hands in this, I need some other uh, uh, some other some other brains involved in this, and then as, as well as you mentioned, don't overcommit. Um, and a lot of people overpromise or overcommit um as opposed to looking for where where they're you know what lane that they actually should to remain in and then again asking for help to to, to fill in those other gaps uh, so definitely thank you for sharing that that with us cuz that, that's a good learning tool and for our audience um if you get an opportunity um just google uh, the standout assessment um there's actually a free application of that as well and uh take the time to as a professional take the time to uh go through that assessment and see what comes back and what it what it's what it's speaking towards your strengths um and, and, and your knowledge base uh, with regards to um um how you can apply yourself in in leadership roles uh, within your own um workplace and within within the organization as itself, with the BDPA.
2: Yes, Seven, uh, thanks thanks you for, for, thanks it, for yeah. that color yeah, that clarification, yes uh and like i said that tool has just been outstanding uh in in helping me identify uh what strengths i have and and how to apply them as well so uh, it's just you know and again like i say very timely uh even in in some of the challenges we're having in in uh in our local chapter and trying to make sure that we're on point in delivering uh to our community
0: great
3: kevin thank you for sharing that with us
1: Yes, that's I'll make sure I put that into my toolkit. Yeah.
0: So Kevin, I'm going to jump back into the conversation. Um this has really been a fascinating interview. Thank you so much for giving us your time and your talent and your perspective and i know that as the evening comes to a close um we in fact have to ask you the typical final question which is can you share one final thought um with our members and our sponsors and our audience because you've been extremely generous and in wrapping it up what would you like to leave our audience with
2: uh so so here's what i've learned uh in my trek with BDPA, uh, I've found that in the current context, we're working with a multi-generational workforce. And so we each, in the different generations that are involved in that workforce, have very different perspectives about how we approach information, how we approach information sharing, and how we spend our time developing mm-hmm. our careers. And so at this point in time, I'm really... Uh, interested in hearing uh, from our younger brethren about how we need to transform as an organization in order to service their needs. And I'll use a sample uh, for for uh, the radio's sake. I, I think this is a great forum because uh, people can get this on demand. They can listen to it when they need to hear it. Uh, there are folks that are on the go, they're not going to show up to a meeting at a specific time, date and place. Uh they just don't have a schedule that will allow that. And so we have to really think through how do we meet the needs of our constituency uh in our current uh, uh situation. And I think also that uh many of our lessons that we're learning through watching this generation and how they will uh you know use an internet search or an internet based video system to learn what they need when they want when they actually need it, uh, reminds me of the Matrix, right? The guy wants to fly a helicopter, he says, Hey, uh, download me the video on how to fly a helicopter, you know, or I want to learn Kung Fu and Lawrence Fish Runs over, hey, show me, you know. So here here's the uh, classic example of people want to know what they need to know when they need to know it. And so we're becoming more agile as a society, uh, and I think generationally we have to find ways to meet each other's needs uh, across that broad spectrum. So I'm very proud of the work BDPA is doing in that regards. Uh, I watch uh, Wayne Hicks and Fran and others really making a concerted effort to make sure they're getting information out in multiple mediums uh, on rhythm uh, with very relevant uh, uh, discussions and conversations so uh, I just I, I applaud BDPA for the work it's doing and the innovation that it's showing in uh, reaching this multi generational workforce.
0: Well, Kevin, thank you again for your perspective. I know that you are on the road. Um, typically, you're in Charlotte this evening. You're in Omaha, and um, I don't know where you're flying to next. Uh, safe travels, and thank, thank you. For you. Uh, being part of our, our um, interview, and I just want to share um, with our listening audience that BDPA I Radio airs the 2nd and the 4th Tuesday of the month. Our next show will be November the 25th. With us this evening, again, was Kevin Robinson, and he is a premier field engineer with Microsoft, our co-hosts were Timothy E. and Ron C. Story. I'm Fran McNeil, and have a great evening, and join us at www.blogtalkradio.com. And make sure that you are connecting with BDPA on a regular basis. If you're not a member, please go to www.bdpa.org. And as you've heard on this show, BDPA is an organization that helps individuals interested in IT go from the classroom to the boardroom. Thank you again for listening.